Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is your speaker for tonight. Pastor Jamon Johnson, I am so happy to be with you all again. It seems like it's been forever, um, but I am excited um, to be back on this Monday night. Um, I just want to take the time, as always, to thank you for watching right where you are. Um, also want to um, take time to thank um, um, all of those who make this possible, so Pastor Toy as well as Brother Robert, thank you Um, both so much um, for all that you do. Um, As always, we want to continue to look at the subject matter or the topic, um, living life without limits. Um, And so tonight um, will be no different. We will be looking at a story that's familiar with us, and we're going to be talking about that. I'm going to try my best tonight uh, not to preach, but more so talk about Um, this topic on tonight. Um, And what I have tonight is five lessons we can learn um, from Jonah or five lessons we can learn about Jonah. And uh, when you, um, before we get into the word tonight, I'm going to just have a brief word of prayer. So I ask that right where you are, if you can, if you would just bow your heads with me uh, just for a brief moment of prayer. And I promise we will get right into Uh, the discussion, and the word of God tonight. Father God, we thank you, as always, for everything that you have done for us. God, I thank you for allowing me and so many others to still be standing, though uh, the world is in chaos and, and crazy at this moment. And so, God, as we open up your word, as we look at the lessons that Jonah teaches us, I'm asking that it will transform and shape our lives. And God, I just ask that you will be with me on this evening and be with our um, technology, all of our devices that we're using tonight so that the message can be spread in Jesus' name. Amen. Five lessons that we can learn um, from the book of Jonah. All right. When we look at Jonah in the Bible, you will Uh, Discover incredible lessons um, from the book of Jonah. Um, And I believe that uh, the lessons that we learn and discover can be applied in our daily walk with God. You will see in in this um, discussion or this lesson um, about Jonah, you you will see how the Bible or, or, or how the study can change the way we, we look at things and, and how it deals with our obedience and how it deals with our repentance. I've learned these five key lessons not from researching or not from um, just taking a lesson from somewhere, um, but these five lessons that I'm going to give to you tonight are lessons that Um, caused me to have to study in order to understand and get. And the reason why I say that, I think it's very important, and Pastor Toy is here, and she could tell you that as ministers and as preachers and as pastors, um, 
Um, it's nothing greater than when you take time to sit down and look at God's word and to study it. And I promise you, every time you look at it, you're going to find something different. And that's what happened for me over the course of reading the book of Jonah over and over again. And let me tell you that it has been an amazing journey, and it takes you deeper into the understanding of how God operates and how God moves. A quick summary for those of you who don't know about Jonah. Jonah is considered a minor prophet. Jonah is a prophet during the reign of King uh, Jehovah, the second Elijah, but he's also before uh, Amos and Hosea. Jonah in the Bible is the only prophet in the Old Testament that God flat out told to preach to a Gentile city, and not just any Gentiles, but the people of Nineveh. These people in the Bible were considered to be extremely cruel towards Israel. Uh, They caused a lot of problems in the past. To top it off, Nineveh is 800 miles away. Jonah, uh, this means that Jonah would have to travel uh, this by horse or camel. This would take him about weeks, if not months, to get to this place. Jonah, of course, tells God in the process, when God is, is, is talking to him and telling him that he needs him to go and to preach the message to the people of Nineveh, Jonah's response to him is he flat out tells God uh, it's not going to happen. I mean, he's real with God. He's, he, he flat out tells God there's no way in the world I'm going to do that. And the Bible says that Jonah runs in the polar opposite direction of Nineveh. This blatant um, rebellion leads Jonah a, 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 a not-so-fun happy boat ride. A, a bad storm happens, and Jonah actually has the courage to let everyone know that it's his fault because he's running away from God. Long story short, the Bible says in Jonah 1.14 uh, that they toss him overboard, but before doing so, they ask God to forgive them. We pray. This is what the text says in Jonah 1.14. We pray, O oh Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O oh Lord, have done as it pleased you. Then the fun starts to happen here. Um, this is the moment when Jonah goes overboard and Jonah finds himself in the belly of a fish. Uh, And Jonah, the Bible says, stays in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights inside of the fish. And the Bible says that inside this fish, Jonah cried out to God. And here is part of the prayer that you will find in Jonah 2, that he prays, crying out to God in the fish. Now, now understand that Jonah is in this situation because God gave him a command, and the command was to simply go and to preach to the people of Nineveh. And Jonah's refusal for that, and him running from God, the Bible says that when you go and you study the Greek words there, that Jonah literally ran thinking that he could escape the presence of God. And many times in life, we do things or God wants us to go to, to 
uncharted territory. He wants us to do things that we've that's out of our comfort zone that we've never done before. He wants us to speak to people that we've never spoken to, that we're afraid of speaking to. And what Jonah is facing here is is an issue with having to step outside of his comfort zone. And God tells him to go and preach the message to the people of Nineveh. And Jonah tells God, there's no way in the world you're going to get me to do that, God. I'm not going to those people. I'm not telling them what you told me to tell them. And Jonah runs in the opposite direction. And the Bible says that Jonah, in trying to escape on his way to Tarkish, uh, finds himself himself on a ship. And, and, And in the midst of it, a storm begins to come. And the men are doing everything. They're tossing things overboard so that they wouldn't drown. The storm is literally overtaking the ship. And in the midst of the process, they ask themselves the question, who among us uh, uh, is responsible for this storm? The Bible says that they're asking themselves the question, and eventually Jonah is awakened, and Jonah realizes what is happening and that the storm is overtaking the boat. And, and, and Jonah is realizing that if he does not step up and take responsibility, then this storm would not only overtake the boat, but that it will murder, innocent, kill innocent lives. And Jonah stands up and he says, I know why this storm is happening. And the Bible says that in the process of that, Jonah says, I know why it's happening. Just toss me over, and I promise you that that will be the answer to the problem. That's the solution. Just take me and throw me overboard. I will much rather die than to see innocent lives taken because of something that I have done. And listen to this. Watch this. And we're going to get into this a little later. The men on the boat, the Bible says in Jonah uh, uh, chapter 1, that the men in the boat, after asking themselves who among us have, have caused this problem, the Bible says that these men begin to come to an understanding and a relationship with God. Listen, when Jonah goes overboard, the storm stops, and it's there where the men realize, listen to this, the Bible text says that the moment that the storm ceases, the men fell down and begin to make a promise to God. Uh, I'm going to get there in just a moment. And here Jonah is thrown overboard and he's in the water in the belly of a, of a great fish. And the Bible says that Jonah begins to cry out. Now, I don't know how long it took Jonah to cry out. I don't know if he's been crying three days. I don't know if he cried the moment he hit the water. But the Bible says for three days he's in this fish. And the Bible says in Jonah 2 that he cries out to God in prayer. And here is the prayer that Jonah prays. In Jonah 2, it says that I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, out of the belly I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounds me. Listen to this. This is Jonah's prayer. He says, all of your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. 
The waters surround me even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought me up. You have brought you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. God then tells the the fish to throw up Jonah. It's after Jonah is crying out to God in agony. It's after Jonah realizes that his actions, his 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 refusal to follow God's uh, direction, has landed him in the situation. It's in the belly of the fish where Jonah is having a conversation with God, and Jonah is is crying out to God, God, save me. I can hear the waters around me. I can see, I can hear the water surrounding me. I'm in the belly of this creature. Lord, save me. And the Bible says, through Jonah's cry, God allows the fish to spit him up. The Bible says that Jonah then gets of the fish, and hear this, he goes to Nineveh, <laughs> and he tells them to repent, and the, and the whole city believes Jonah, and listen to what happens when Jonah preaches the message of repentance. The Bible says that the whole city repents. The first Gentile revival has just taken place. Oddly enough, Jonah was not too happy about that. The Bible says that he wasn't too happy about what had transpired um, there in Nineveh. And, and the Bible says that he's actually angry at God. He, he was hoping that God was going to call down the fires. Um, the fire to everyone. So Jonah has a pity party, and God tries to show him and teach him his compassion towards mankind with a plant giving him shelter and worms. Listen to this now. Now that we have a short summary, let's go down to business and see what we can learn from the life of Jonah. And the first key point that we learn from the life of Jonah is that God has no problem removing you from your comfort zone. Oh, I'm going to say that again for somebody who needs to hear that. Pastor Toy, I'm going to say that because there's somebody who needs to hear that. Brother Robert, there's somebody on this line or somebody that, that's going to hear this that needs to know that the first point or first key lesson that we can learn from the story of Jonah is that God has no problem removing you from your comfort zone. My God. The, the Bible says in Jonah 1 and verses 1 through 2 that the word of the Lord came to Jonah uh, and told him to go down to, um, to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Jonah was comfortable. He was a prophet in a nation he is proud of. Then all of a sudden, God decides to come between Jonah and his patriotism. God decides to disrupt everything 
that Jonah has known, God decides to intervene and interrupt Jonah's comfort zone. And, and the Bible says that he asked him to go somewhere that Jonah would never want to go. Jonah doesn't want to go to Nineveh. Why in the world would God ask Jonah to go somewhere that he doesn't desire to go? He doesn't desire to talk to those people. He's uncomfortable being in Nineveh, but yet God decides to speak to him and tells him to go and speak to the various people that Jonah doesn't want to speak to and interact with. I'm going somewhere. And Jonah has good earthly reasons why he doesn't want to go to Nineveh, but God doesn't look um, at, God looks beyond the earthly and looks through his spiritual eyes. God, listen to this, um, um, God will move you out of a place of comfort to see a greater level of breakthrough for yourself and for others. God will remove you out of the place of your comfort zone so that a greater, uh, so that uh, uh, people or you can see a greater level of breakthrough, not only in your life, but in the lives of for Jonah. The whole city was ready to repent. But for that to happen, he would have to leave his comfort zone. Listen to me now. Jonah decides to try to escape the presence of God. He finds himself on a boat. Then he finds himself overboard in the belly of a fish. And the Bible says that when God, after him crying out and praying and pleading to God, God allows the animal to spit Jonah up. And Jonah goes and does what the Lord tells him to do, but Jonah has an issue with God because God decides to show mercy on a people that Jonah believes should be punished because of their sins and wickedness. Now, 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 I don't know about you, but I'm confused at this moment as to why Jonah thinks that it's okay for God to punish them for their sins and their disobedience, but he doesn't see it fit for God to punish him for his refusal to follow, follow God. Uh, y'all, y'all don't hear me. And 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 here it is. Jonah is supposed to go to Nineveh to preach a message of repentance. And the Bible says that when Jonah finally goes and preaches the message of repentance to the people, listen to this key. This this this, this is very important to understand. The Bible lets us know that the whole city repents. The whole city was ready and willing to hear what Jonah had to say. But if 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 Jonah did not leave his comfort zone and step out of the way, the people of Nineveh would never have come to repentance and would never have heard the message of repentance. What I'm saying to you is that Jonah was the issue. Jonah was standing in the way. And what I want to say tonight is that some of you are standing in the way of what God can not only do in your life, but what God needs to do in others' lives. I want you to understand that what God was doing with Jonah and having him go and preach to the people of Nineveh wasn't just because the people needed to repent. I mean, and not just because Jonah needed uh, 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 to do it, but God understood that Jonah 
Jonah needed to be the mouthpiece in order so that others can come to know God. What I'm saying to you is that God will be okay with taking you out of your comfort zone. Are you okay going out of your comfort zone? Are you okay with God disrupting everything that you know, everything that you've been used to doing? Are you okay with God disrupting that and putting you in a place of uncertainty? Are you okay with God taking you out of your comfort zones for many of us? Are you okay with God taking you out of your church? Are you okay with God taking you out of your comfort zones and saying that now it's time for you to make a change in your community, to go out and feed people? Are you now got to be nice to a neighbor that has never been nice to you? Are you okay with God shifting everything to get you out of that comfort zone and to take you to a place that you never gone before and perhaps never wanted to go? Are you okay with God telling you that you got to get out of that comfort zone and go preach to that drug dealer, to that young man, to that young woman? Are you okay with God disrupting everything about your comfort zone? Jonah flat out doesn't want to go to Nineveh. He decides the best thing to do is to leave Israel and go in the polar opposite direction to Tarshish, which is said to be near the Spain border. My honest opinion of why he did not, why he did that was in hopes that he will escape from the presence of God. As we know it, it really Uh, It didn't really work too well for Jonah. The psalmist in Psalms 139 makes it clear for us. He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hands will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, the, and the light become, uh, become night around me, even in the darkness will I not be in dark to you? The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. You can try to hide. What the psalmist is really trying to say is that you can try to hide, move, go away, either physically or internally with your emotions. You can never, no matter what you do, escape the presence of God. There is no height. There is no mountain you can go to. No depthness of the sea that you can go. There's nowhere you can go where God doesn't see you, know you, and understand what you're going to, going through. And there's somebody listening tonight that needs to understand that God sees and hears everything. He knows what you're going through. He knows your pain. He knows your situation. And you cannot run from God. God will be everywhere that you turn. It's obvious here And is that you can't run Away from God 
And so point number one was God has no problem removing you from your comfort zone. And point number two, or key number two, is you can't run away from God. And we saw here in Psalms 139 that God knows everything. He sees everything. And so there's nowhere you can go on this earth or even outside this earth in the universe that God will um that God won't be able to get to you. He knows you, he sees you, and his reach is far beyond anything that we can ever phantom. God sees and knows. He is always there for you and I. Key number three, disobedience will create turmoil in your life. Point number three, or key number three, rather, is disobedience will create turmoil in your life. Sometimes when we read Jonah, we shake our heads and go, sheesh, tossed around by a storm and swallowed by a fish, uh, or some would like to think a whale, Whatever floats your boat, whatever you you know want to to believe it is, but the Bible says a fish, and the Bible and and the, and the Bible lets me know that disobedience is a big deal when it comes to God. It has spiritual ramification that affects both our spiritual life and our daily life. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we need not just to talk to him, not just to talk the talk, but we need to walk the walk. The word means um, someone or something. The word Lord means someone or something having power, authority, or influence. It means master or ruler. When God speaks to our hearts to do something, we should take initiative and do what God tells us to do. And the Bible says that then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to the Lord. It rocks my world, and, and, and it, it, it kind of tosses me uh, uh, when I read this, that Jonah is running away from God and causing a huge storm. He's causing a mess in his life and actually got people to sacrifice and make vows to the Lord. Listen to me because I'm going to say that again. It's in the midst of Jonah causing a storm to happen. It's through Jonah running away from God and the storm happening that people come not only to know who God is, but they make a sacrifice and make vows to serve the Lord. It's through your difficulties. It's through what you go through in your life, sometimes through your disobedience and your refusal to follow him that others will come to know who he is. Oh, that, that, that should make somebody excited because even when you mess up, God is using it for good and God will turn something ugly into something beautiful. Even in our failures, God can use it for good. And I don't know about you, but I just want to say thank you, Jesus, that even when I'm at my worst, even in my failures, you can use that for something great. Number four, and I'm going to repeat these one more time. Point key number one 
is God has no problem with removing you from your comfort zone. Again, key number one, God has no problem with removing you from your comfort zones. And I'm reading these over and over again because I want you to take notes and go and look for yourself and see what I'm talking about and pull your own key points out of there. Number one, God has no problem removing you from your comfort zone. Number two, you can't run away from God. Again, point number two, you can't run away from God. There is nowhere that you can go that God uh, won't be able to see you. He sees everything. He knows everything. And so you can't outrun God. You can't hide from him. God is there and will always be there. Point number three, key number three, disobedience will will create turmoil in your life. Disobedience will create turmoil in your life. God requires us to be obedient to him. And in disobedience, it causes problems in our lives. Many of us wonder why life is such hell for us here. It's because we have to stop and realize that our disobedience will cause problems in our lives. And confusion. Point number four. Point number four. I hope you guys are staying with me now. Point number four. With repentance comes obedience. With repentance comes obedience. All four chapters of Jonah paint this picture of how we are to process our sin, our disobedience before God. In Jonah 1 and, and, and Jonah 2, the, uh, Jonah is, is, is teaching us, or God is using Jonah to teach us how we need to acknowledge our sin. Uh, and we learn that in counseling, or if you've ever been an AA, uh, that the first thing you must do before you receive help is acknowledge that you have a problem. And Jonah 1, chapter 1 and chapter 2 are are just that. It's about acknowledging that there's a sin. And in Jonah 2, it also teaches us that we must accept God's discipline, that God, being our Father, has the right to discipline us in his way, and we have to accept his discipline. But first, we must acknowledge our sins. Two, we must accept God's discipline. And three, in Jonah 2, it also tells us how we must repent. And in Jonah 3, it also tells us that we need how we need to act on God's direction. Whenever we are in a situation where we have turned our back on God, it is important to follow these four steps. Acknowledge our sins. I'm going to say that again. Repent and act on God's direction. It's only true repentance that can happen when true repentance happens. Uh, um, only true repentance can happen when we acknowledge and we are willing to go in God's direction. Real repentance happen, happens when, uh, uh, um, when you are willing 
to acknowledge that there's been a sin, that there's been an act committed, when you are willing to acknowledge that there's a problem or an issue, real repentance, true repentance only happens when you are willing to acknowledge. One of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody apologizes to me but turns around and do the same thing over and over again. True repentance happens when you acknowledge. So in order to to, to ask for my forgiveness, you have to be willing to acknowledge that something was wrong was done, and you have to be willing to repent. And this is what repentance is, is you're willing to acknowledge and follow God's direction. That means once you repent, you got to follow God the rest of the way. You can't go back to doing the same stuff over and over again. True repentance takes place when you are willing to acknowledge and follow God's direction. And key number five, we must learn to see the bigger picture and have a soft heart. We must learn to see the bigger picture and have a soft heart. In chapter 4 of Jonah, we see a man who is angry because God decided to have mercy. <laughs> Listen to this. Jonah is angry with God because he decides to have mercy. We all have our opinions and ideas on how things should be and how things should happen. But those things need to bow to God's way. We must realize we don't see it all. We don't understand it all. We must keep our hearts soft, least, listen, least anger and bitterness comes in. It's easy to be triggered. When things don't go the way we plan, but we need to surrender not to our will, but to the will of God. We must surrender our will to God's will. I hope that these five points made or these five keys has made you hungry to dive into God's word. But I I hope these five keys have helped unlock some deeper understanding here. Jonah is teaching us five valuable lessons and keys that we need to learn as followers and as uh, um, believers and as those of you who want to come into a relationship with him. He's leaving us examples and setting examples for us to follow in order so that we can live the best life that we can as followers of Christ. It's through these lessons that we learn that Jonah is also teaching us how to live this, this life without limits. And what that means is that Jonah is teaching us how to live this life without restraints of sin, without these problems, that if we surrender everything, if we repent to God, he will forgive us, but we have to mean it. You can't repent and expect God to keep forgiving you. Keep doing the same stuff over and over again. True repentance happens when you acknowledge and when you are willing to follow the Lord all the way. 
you want to learn more about Jonah, and you want to learn more about these keys, I dare you to open up your word. I dare you. I challenge you to open up your word and to read it, to study it, to meditate on it. And I guarantee you, you will come out stronger and better and have deeper knowledge. But you have to open up your word and see God for yourself. You have to repent. You got to stop doing the same things that you've been doing. And you have to repent and choose to follow God, not half of the way, not 25%, not 50%, but you've got to follow him all of the way. It's 100% or none at all. And Jonah did not weep over the city, but Jesus, the true prophet, did. Here is a perfect heart, perfect and gracious love, not excusing, not harshly condemning. This is what um, Tim Keller says. He, 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 he is the weeping God of Jonah 4 in human form. And Jesus did not merely weep for us, but Tim Keller says he died for us. Jonah went outside the city hoping to witness its condemnation. Um, but Jesus Christ went outside the city to die on a cross to accomplish its salvation. Will you get out of your comfort zone? Will you get out of the way? Put your biases to the side. Put your imperfections on the back. Stop thinking that you're not good enough. Will you get out of your comfort zone so that God can do what he has to do, not just in your life, but what God needs to do in somebody's life? You've been silent too long about your Christianity and about your beliefs in God. Somebody in your family, some neighbor, some coworker need to hear the love of Jesus Christ. And the only way that they can hear that is if you open up your mouth, you get out of your comfort zone and you speak. This doesn't always mean that you got to preach. You don't have to give a Bible study. Sometimes some of you just need to get out of your comfort zone and just speak to somebody. Some of you just need to smile for a change. Somebody, yes, need to tell somebody that why you believe the way you do. They've been wondering why you don't cuss when everybody else around you cuss. You need to open up your mouth and tell them it's because I know somebody and his name is Jesus. And tell them how he changed your life and what he's done for you and how he's been good to you. There's somebody in your community that needs to know that Jesus is the answer for them and everything that they're going through, and there are some people who need to know that they must repent, and, and, and when they repent, God has something so beautiful in store for them, but when you get out of your comfort zone so that God can do what God needs to in somebody's life, will you get out of the way? Will you move to the side? Get out of the way. Stop being stubborn like Jonah and stop being caught up in yourself. Will you do what God tells you to do? Will you follow him all the way so that something 
somebody can come to a, a, a relationship with him. If Jonah did not, uh, if, if Jonah, uh, 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 it's because Jonah speaking. It's because Jonah being on the boat and, and, and that God used his situation to lead men to him. And it's because of Jonah eventually following God's direction that a whole city repents and, and is saved and comes to a relationship with God. You don't know what can happen if you don't get out of the way. When you move yourself out of the way, God will do something. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be held accountable. The commentary writer says that God will hold us accountable when he comes back to get us for every soul that we refuse to introduce to him. That blood is on our hands. Every person that you bypassed and didn't share the love of Christ, that blood is on your hands. Their life is on your hands. Every time somebody asks you why you believe what you believe, and when somebody had a biblical question, you brushed them off, or you threw them off because you were their shame, or you just you you were afraid of what they might think if you shared the love of Jesus Christ. That will be on our hands. And I don't know about you, but I can't have that on my hands. And I don't know about you tonight, but I'm ready to step up and step out of the way. I'm ready to repent of all my sins, and I'm ready to follow God all the way. Those five keys are the keys that I wanted to bring to your attention again. And before I turn it over to Pastor Toy, as I always like to do, I think she does a great job with um, appealing to us and calling um, at, um, and calling us um, um, to make a decision. Uh, I want to run through those five keys again. Number one, God has no problem removing you from your comfort zone. Number two, you can't run away from God. Number three, disobedience will create turmoil in your life. Number four, with repentance must come obedience. And then number five, we must learn to see the bigger picture and have a soft, Heart. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to come back on, but I, I want to bring Pastor Toy on. She, she's here um, and definitely would like to hear from the woman of God. Um, Pastor Toy, if you would come on um, for a moment and share um, just either thoughts or even, you know, Pastor Toy, if you can, after you share your, your, your thoughts, if you would just appeal to the people. Um, because I feel like and I believe that there's somebody who needs to come into a relationship with God, and I believe that there's somebody, pastor, that's, that's listening, that's been standing in the way. And and I believe that in the, in 2020, as crazy as 2020 has been, that, that, that it's just going to get worse. And, and we need to get out of the way so that God can save some people and God can do some things in people's lives. Pastor Toy. I just bless and praise God for the word that went evening. And, you know, the the one thought out of all of all of the different points he hit, the one thought that stays in my mind. So this, I'm, I don't know who I'm speaking to, 
But the one thought that stays in my mind is God will move you out of your comfort zone. Somebody out there listening this evening, you are trying to figure out why there's so much turmoil going on around you, why you can't seem to get in or fit in with whatever it is you're doing. The call is for you this evening to let you know that you are not a world fit because you are a God fit in the kingdom of God. Somebody out there needs to know that God is calling you to higher heights in him. You may be saved, but you, you're just you're, you're, you're complacent where you are at the level that you're at. It's comfortable for you, and you don't want to step out because it's uncomfortable out there. It's a step of faith. God is calling out to you this evening. God is even calling out to that unbeliever that is refusing to believe that he exists, that is refusing to accept the gift he, he's saying, guess what? I came and I died for you also. He is calling out for that person out there who believes in God, but for whatever your personal reason is, you don't seem to be able to grasp the concept of a personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ. So you keep pushing off Christ for all of the things that are tickling your ears that the world has to offer. But I dare you that if you would just come this evening and taste and see that Christ is good, and that he can give you the fulfillment that you are looking for in all the wrong places. Hallelujah, God. That young person out there that is looking for that parent, I need you to understand that God can be a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless, but not only will he be there for you in the spiritual realm, if you will trust in him, he will send God-like men and women into your lives to be spiritual mothers and fathers, to guide you in the, in the words and the wisdoms of his teaching. But it all starts with you having to have that thought, that willingness to come to him. You know, the first step for an alcoholic or for a person who's addicted to drugs, when you go to an AA meeting or a Narcotics Anonymous meeting, the first thing that, they, that you have to do is you have to admit that you have a problem. Well, it's the same thing in salvation. It's the same thing in the spiritual realm. It's the same thing with God. The first thing that you have to do is you have to admit that there is a problem. For them, they say, hi, my name is so-and-so, and I'm an alcoholic or I'm an addict. For you this evening, you would just say, good evening, God. My name is, and fill in your name, and say, I'm a sinner coming seeking salvation seeking a personal relationship with you. Everyone keeps telling me about this gift. I don't truly fully understand it, but I'm willing to accept it this evening. I'm willing to taste and see that the Lord is good. So I come to you asking you to forgive me of my sins. 
I come to you accepting the gift that you gave, which is your son, Jesus Christ. I accept him into my life this evening. I come to you surrendering myself to you, me new, in Jesus' name. Amen. And then if you said that prayer, the next thing that you do is you just tell somebody. You don't have to wait until worship service on Sunday or Sabbath worship. You don't have to wait till Bible study or the next Zoom conference call. You can just let somebody know, hey, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And according to God's word, if you believe it in your heart and confess it out your mouth, then you are saved. So as soon as you make that confession out of your mouth to someone, then we welcome you to the kingdom of God. And we believe that someone out there listening this evening has made that choice and that step to come to a personal relationship to God and with God through Jesus Christ. Because understand, throughout it all, he is the only one that has ever come and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except through me. Hallelujah, God. We bless God for you. We praise God for you. We bless and praise God for the man of God, Pastor Jamon Johnson, and the word this evening. We encourage you who gave your life to Christ to find the Bible, believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But until you do, bless God. That is why he has Purpose Kingdom Network here for you. Brother Robert Popeye Hudson is going to come on, and he is going to give you the announcements on how you can continue to follow us here at Purpose Kingdom Network, as well as our upcoming episodes. Brother Robert? Yes, uh, thank you so much. Uh, and um, thank you, uh, Pastor Jermon, for uh, tonight's message. And, you know, pretty much, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. So, um, you know, with that being said, this is a product of Purpose Camp Network. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode. Whether you're calling us via phone or you're listening to us online, we thank you so much for supporting us and listening to us here at Purpose Camp Network. If you want to email us or correspond with us, uh, you can uh, email us at purposekingdomnetwork.gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns, <clears throat> or you can just simply say hello or send a prayer request. Or just let us know that you have turned your life over to Christ, and uh, we great, we we would be glad to celebrate that with you and um, share the news with the world. If you want to join us uh, tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour, we um, ask that you join us for uh, what is it? One Touch Transformations with Pastor I mean, with Minister Jackson. Uh, Okay, yes. Well, Minister Jackson, let me start that over again. Please join us tomorrow evening for the 9 p.m. hour for One Touch Transformation with Arthenius Jackson, uh, Minister Arthenius Jackson. And uh, don't forget, uh, please join us tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. Uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, you can uh, follow us at Purpose Kingdom, uh, yeah, Purpose Kingdom on Facebook. Yeah, you can like us that way. You can see your, your upcoming shows and our advertisements. And um, we're just uh, <clears throat> glad to, you know, uh, just, you know, show some of our, our extra uh, programming that we have upcoming. So just please go to our Facebook page and uh, 
You can just uh, look around and uh, you can see some of the hosts and um, see some of our upcoming um, events. Also, we're on Twitter and um, Instagram at Purpose underscore Kingdom. Excuse me. Okay, Purpose underscore Kingdom, where you can just uh, do likewise on our social media pages. Anytime you want to follow any of our events or our upcoming shows, you can just... um, to follow the link, and it'll uh, get you to um, us here at Blog Talk Radio, which we broadcast on, which is www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. Um, there you can also hear some of our archive shows. You can just simply type in the host name and the show name, and you can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience. Uh, with that being said, this is going to be the end of the announcements Um so we don't have um, passage of mind right now, but um, we're going to just go ahead and um, end this episode tonight. Uh, Pastor Toy, would you um, like to say something before we uh, close out tonight's program? We just, again, thank and bless God for all of you, each and one of our listening audience. We uh, praise God for you. We pray that God will continuously, that his blessings will flow upon you. We decree and declare Psalms 91 and 10 over you and your household, that no evil shall befall you, no plague or disease shall take residence in your dwelling in the mighty name of Jesus. We speak healing over the sick. We speak comfort to the grieving in the name of Jesus. We speak joy to those in sorrow in the name of Jesus, and we decree and declare deliverance for those in bondage in the mighty name of Jesus. Remember, there's no way, there's no way, there is no way that you will be able to run from God. So when he sends for you, you might as well just answer. You all be blessed. And we'll be back here again tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. God bless you. Good evening. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never want to see me down, I will not lose. He saved me.